and I'm Carrie. And this is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crag. This is episode number 72, and our book is Day of Ascension by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Not sure if related or not. The book is about a gene stealer uprising on a forge world. Either the best or worst combination of people? We posted several questions on our website, wh40k bookclub.com and we encourage participation in our conversations via our site youtube or encrypted vox channel boiler warning if you haven't yet read the book go check out the book and the questions and then come back to this episode as we'll be discussing the book from start to finish in great detail with that let's dive in as always did you like the book just want to say it's only 195 pages won't be very hard for you to read and come back <laughs> just throwing that out there thing so every now and then the black library does these books that they're short and you can see like how big the print is in these they're yeah they're quick reads which i'm not complaining about because i feel like every now and then we go through like these major like we just got assassinorum kingmaker which i'm super excited about but that's a beefy book it is a beefy book i was like man i've been spoiled lately <laughs> Um, so I'm kind of glad this was a quick read. Our next book is going to be a quick read. And our last one was a pretty quick read, too. So, yep. yes, it, it's not a hard one to read. Did you enjoy the book? I did, which was not expecting. I did, too. Um, I was surprised and delighted. I went into it a little cautiously optimistic because new author. We're not Gene Steeler fans here. No, but I was worried it was going to be like something from the perspective of the Tao, you know, where it'd be like, we, you know, one reason why we haven't read those Phil Kelly books is because I don't care about the Tao's point of view. I don't want to hear their justifications for what they do. And that's what I was afraid this was going to be. And while it was, it wasn't at the same time. So it's... It was it's, it was so funny is that honestly, within about a couple of chapters, I just started laughing. I was like, you know, really what the Imperium needs to ask itself is, why do people turn to cults like this? Because how do we make their lives suck so bad they think growing a third arm is a great idea? Oh, man. So we just said that this book is very short. Like, it's short. It's only 195 pages. Big print, right? But... It's to the point, though. It's great. There's a lot to unpack in this book. Like, a lot to unpack along those lines. Um, Let's just dive into the conversation then. Because let's... Do you think Davian fully understood what she's worshipping? I, you know, I really can't tell. You know, there are sometimes I would feel like, no, she doesn't because she would like go back and forth in her head. Like, are we worshiping monsters? But then at the same time, it's like she's looking at the Mechanicus and it's like, well, how are, are the monsters that you're saying I'm worshiping any worse than you? You know, like she makes actually one good point where she's like, you say we're going to be devoured, but it's either by them or by you. It's either the, the manufacturers right. are going to kill us or they are. So... Yeah, I mean, I went back and forth on it too. It's like it's like the old question a, of like, would you rather you know eat a shit sandwich or a vomit milkshake? You know, it's like they they're terrible options, but this is what we got. Yeah, and oh man, I go back and forth because like when he originally says, so we've seen this a lot with Gene Steeler books where once, and I think it was. I think it was the Andy Clark book with the Imperial Fist uh, librarian, where after they kill the Patriarch, the Magus is like, what is that? That is not what I was worshipping. That is not. Uh, no, it was in the uh, White Scars book. You're right. Yeah, so, just like the scales like fall from of, their eyes of like, oh, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Wait, what? Um, we've also had other books where the Patriarch and the Magus gets killed and all of a sudden all the cultists are like, wait, what? What are we doing? This is right. But this one, 
when he says there was a line at the very end when she he's like you think you're worshiping angels but you're worshiping monsters and she's like is there a difference yep and I did like at one point when she said, she's like, yeah, we'll be devoured, but then we will become with one with them and we will travel the stars with them. From a certain point Yeah, I was about to say view. from a certain point of view, sure. Right? And I think you're right. I think that at that point, she's like, look, damned if we do and damned if we don't. Like... We can sit here and toil away in these this super grimy, crappy, dangerous... Like, I really... One of the things that really struck me, and this is one of the parts that really stood out to me, is when they first go into that hive and Triskelion is like, people are oddly healthy for this planet. Like, it it's to the point that he notices it, right? Like, oh, you guys look uh, pretty good. For a planet where we know that people are dying by like because it's a hard life here you know it that tells you a lot and i don't know i go okay the third arm on one hand have you ever been in the kitchen and you're like oh man my my kingdom for a third arm okay yes but the third arm is going to come with like my hands kind of turned to claws i don't I, I don't again i'm too vain for this crap what? It's not even the claws or the... It, it's the ridge the head and the lack of no-nos. Yeah. The lack of no-nos freaks me out. Um, For all of my people who read uh, The Song of Ice and Fire, Tyrion gets his nose cut off at one point. They don't... They basically give him, like, a scar in the TV show, but, like, he, it, it's, like, gone. So, like, I remember in the, in the TV show, because, like, when I discovered you know who they cast as Tyrion I remember asking Jen I was like oh so what did they do when he you know had the axe across the face and she sent me like a screenshot I was like no 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 they made him look hotter and that's like they made a big deal about how one he was never a good-looking guy even for a dwarf like Peter Dinklage is a good-looking guy like you can't you can't get around yeah. that he really is but then when he had the axe across his face talk about how he's missing most of his nose and his like almost got like a cleft now going across here it makes him sound so much worse so it's almost like to the point like when he tells Sansa like if she doesn't want to like in the book I don't know about the show but in the book when he tells her look if you don't want to marry me I totally understand like look at me like I get it so yeah when I saw him the show I was like okay no <laughs> they basically give him a scar but in the book it's, I have certain they things deform really him like Horribly. Yeah. They'd horribly deform him. And I have certain things that really bother me. Foot injuries are one where I just violent recoil. Um, like in movies, when people get shot in the foot. For some reason, that's my thing where I'm like, nope, nope, we're done. Uh, nose. Nose being gone is just a hard... Mm, 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 no. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, so that that's where I would be out. Like the third arm, I'd be like, okay. They'd be like, your 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 hands are kind of clawed, okay. And you're gonna lose your nose. Whoa, pump the brakes. We're done now. We're just no. And the ridgy foreheads, nah. I, again, I'm too vain for the 40k universe. It's really yeah. funny too because if you were to ask me to describe myself, vain would never come into it. But yeah. Well, okay, that's true, but. <laughs> We don't have these problems. No. It doesn't no. mean that I want my flesh to like slough off either and be sloshing around or my liver hanging out and or uh. or look like these or um I don't know, take your pick. Wear a flesh yeah. cape and I you know whatever. The flesh cape, I don't know. Maybe have hooves. Another. I don't No, no, the the reverse jointed legs. Anyways, um, we just date them in video games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what video games are for, my friends. Um, the, I guess, I kind of felt like they, they, again, they had a better understanding than most Gene Steeler cults. But still, maybe not. Like, you're literally going to be boiled down into biofuel for ships and stuff like that. Assuming they don't just hork you down whole cloth. 
That's what I like, thought they did. Yeah, like, it's twofold. So my first thought is I was like, yes, you, you were going to become one with them and travel the stars with them until you pass through the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never, hours. you're never going to become a Tyranid and be no. with them and join the hive mind. You were basically there to make it easier for them to come down and devour everything. You're there to like soften the defenses and stuff. Right. Now, uh, back to one of your earlier points, it's kind of funny because for the Imperium, especially on a hive world, or not on a hive world, on a Mechanicus Forge world, you're figuratively Yule for the Imperium. With the Gene Stealers, you will literally be fuel for their Imperium. Imperium, their culture, their society, whatever you want to call it. Um, what it really all just boiled down to is that these people, they just wanted to be cared about and they felt like the cult cared about them and the Mechanicus made it very obvious they cared nothing about them. Oh, we're stealing your babies from your crying mother's arms. It's for the good of the Imperium. Shut up. I'm I'm it's, sorry. It's an important removal of their humanity, right? Because like we know, we all know, like conceptually, that humanity is a resource. Just as much as fuel, as Prometheum, as corpse starch, it is... A re- humanity is a resource, but the Mechanicus, because they're so far removed from humanity, you're literally just a resource. Like, you're just numbers on a ledger, right? Like, they are so far removed from the fact that, okay, we have a thousand people. We're going to lose, like, 500 of them. These are acceptable losses. Like, when they were talking about, like, if they find a new gas vein and they go and explode it, right, to get it out and farm it, how many people they lose. Well, the Mechanicus just looks at that and is like... Well, we expected to lose 100 people. We lost 110. That's a standard variation. That's fine. Like, that's how far removed they are from that, right? Which, like, to them. And the weird thing is, like, that doesn't bother me nearly as much. But, like, you know, I always knew a little bit, like, what the Skitari were. But in a way, you know, I was like, I know where my food comes from. You know, but it doesn't mean I want to watch the cow get killed. And all of that. I can't raise a cow like from a calf and then send it off to know it's going to be like on my dinner plate. I can't do that. That's just not me. And um, if you ever listen to me, uh, you know that anything happening to babies is my big trigger. And whenever I hear about them stealing babies to turn them into these mindless programmable things, I'm done. I'm done. I cannot handle it. And you will never convince me that the emperor would ever think that that's acceptable. That's just, this is just part of the reason why I hate the Mechanicus so much. They're just so like anything for the Omnicide, anything for what we need to build our manufacturers, our, you know, our factories, our munitions. And I'm not saying the the Imperium is any better because they treat people that exact same way. But most the same argument that like, the custodies taken from birth, completely mind wiped and programmed so that you are a mindless, auto- not a mindless, but you know what I mean? Like very passive, your sole desire is to protect the emperor, like kind of gets done all over the place, right? Well, see, I didn't know that either. I thought they were kind of like the space marines in a way. Like Which are all taken from small childhood basically right but most of them it's voluntary like the parents will push will push them through but you know you you read these stories about these and um a lot of them don't make the trials and it's been when they don't make like look at ball for example that's all 100 percent volunteer they never come in and take a tithe of people to come in to go through the trials to become blood angels and it's that way on on any planet this is different this is we are we do not care about you because we have a number we must we must do. And so we're just, you know, it doesn't matter how many of your kids have already died this year because we've put them to death working in our uh, factories this entire time. We're taking babies that are not ready to be taken away from their mothers. And you will do this because we tell you because you unfortunately grew up here. I have a severe problem with that. And I know that's just a way just to kind of show like the Imperium is awful. It is god awful. 
It is. And Which again is like, how hard, how much do things have to suck for you to want to turn to a cult? And you know what? I get it. Yes. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Imperium here. Because so if I had to point to one of my favorite, favorite things about the Warhammer 40k universe, it is that the entire universe is built upon a fallacy. It is built upon begging the question, the circular logic, right? Where we don't tell people about Xenos and chaos and all of that stuff because we know that if people knew about this they would then want to go and study it and truck with it and do all of these things they wouldn't trust the danger of it we see this with inquisitors all the time right with the inquisitors who are like oh yes demons are bad but i'm clever i can control this one right but because people don't know about it then when it comes knocking at their door they don't recognize it as being a danger and they end up falling into that be- to begin with, right? Or the- anyways, right? So, like, when the gene stealers come a-knocking with their promises of the many-armed emperor, rather than being like, no, 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 no. This is Xenos nonsense, and I want no part of this. They're like, go on. This whole thing, right? Which it's is like, like why when Triskelion cycle. is telling Davian, you know, you know, this is like all Xenos thing, right? And she's so confused. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, when you guys know things that other people don't, you can't expect them. He said that even his information was all fragments of information. Right. Like he didn't even have like the full playbook. He was oh. learning it. Is the Imperium truly its own worst enemy absolutely and this is like the total this is the experiment of um or should say the product of what happens with thought police and thought control and deciding what is okay for what people should learn and what people should think and what people should say and what people should believe when you control every facet of that when people see something bad coming and they don't and they aren't aware of this other thing they're gonna be like well this is this can't be a bad thing this is like all part of the emperor's plan because if you don't know any better how can you avoid it you know it's like it's one thing that you know some religions like modern day religions like really push is that we want you to be aware of satan and all that so that when temptation comes knocking you have the strength to walk away well when you take all that away from people you know or when you get in like these other cults where they come in and they're like you either help us with this or you die and then you get all mad at them for not choosing death it's like <laughs> you guys are not helping anybody but on the other hand we've seen countless examples of the people who do know they do know it's bad but i mean just like for other people because, like, what they're doing is good. Like, we'll use this demon this de- demon engine. We'll use this demon. We'll use this warp magic, this mysterious book that popped into our laps. Because we understand. So we know that we can control it. And we're going into this with both eyes open. No, friend, you are not. Like, it's it's such a... It's such a spiral of... Well, if everybody just knew... Oh, wait, but those people know and they just... Oh, my God. This world just sucks to live in. Like, let's be real. This world just sucks to live in. So you have that on one hand is all the knowledge stuff, right? But then as you mentioned, you have the Mechanicus over here who, yes, humanity, because they're constantly at war and they're constantly dealing with all these affronts, humans are just a resource, an expendable resource, one that we don't particularly care about. Does it look better when it's dressed up with a human bureaucrat, right? Maybe a member of the Ecclesiarchy, a member of the royal family, a member of the Inquisition, or the Mechanicus. You know, that's actually one thing I really liked was that um, Adrian, he kind of had uh, the Fabricator General, like he was fat. I know that was done on purpose because we see a lot of the fat and the, you know, with the uh, sycophants around and um, lazy and wanting- Hated her by the way, more than I hated the Fabricator General. 
the um the endless feasting and showing off of luxury and things like I know that was all done on purpose just to show that look it doesn't matter who's doing this it's all terrible I liked when Triskelion went on the like rant when he was just like he has cooks that cook him food he doesn't even need to eat and he can't really appreciate he has he can't all of taste this it. art yeah yeah he can't taste it like he has all of these excesses and that's one of those things that um like because i know you and i both listened to a lot of stuff about jeffrey epstein and uh peter nygaard and like one of the central questions around that becomes like at a certain level of affluence and power do you just get bored like you just get bored and you just naturally fall into this hedonism same thing over here with this guy like do you just reach a certain level of power that you're just it's just inescapable like you don't even like this food but you're gorging on it you don't even really appreciate good art but you have it all over your palace right you are a creature of logic and mathematics and yet you have all of this. I mean, it was like one, one thing that always stuck in my head when I was reading um, The Hunger Games. And I think it was, mm, it was right after when um, Katniss won the first round of Hunger Games and they're having those big feasts and they keep bringing like the loads and loads of courses. And she makes this comment. She's like, oh my God, how are you guys still eating? I cannot eat anymore. I'm so stuffed. And they're like, we'll just go throw it up. She's like, what? Like, oh, yeah, we've already thrown up like three times so we can eat some more. And she hits like the excess that they're not even enjoying their like they are like they're enjoying the taste of it. And then they're expelling it to eat more, even though they don't need it when they're the other districts that are starving to death. Like that's one thing I'm not a huge fan of those books but that was one thing that really really like kind of stuck in me and I see it a lot here in the Imperium as well just this constant excess and I started uh reading through uh uh No Good Men that one of the the first uh, Warhammer crime anthology and that's a very prevalent theme and this the last short story I read is by Graham McNeil which is probably my favorite one so far called Impurities and the uh the main character he's with um anyway this wealthy girl and she makes she tells him she's like look when you grow up in this kind of wealth and rich you get bored and so you have to find things to entertain you and like Mm -hmm. you know but we've seen that with the uh navigators seen that in other tales in vargantua and it's just it makes me wonder, because we do see some of it here in real life, right? Like you said, like with, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and Peter Nygaard, when you have like this much money and no one is going to tell you no. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. It's. I'm going to get all philosophical here, but so I'm going to be quiet, but it's just crazy. Like there's that theme that's prevalent in every society. So when you know, and I've, I've always been a big person of not hating on the rich. And that's mainly because, you know, I grew up somewhat fortunate. I didn't have student loans in college and everything. And everyone, all of my friends constantly bashed me for it, that I don't know how hard it is. I'm just this spoiled rich girl coming in. I never considered myself rich. And I would never understand and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I do understand that you guys are like out here drinking and getting drunk and not making good grades while I'm working my ass off. I understand that perfectly. So I always kind of took exception to that. But there's a difference between having money and being an elitist. I was gonna say, I think a lot of times when people talk about hating on rich people, they're not talking about like, like, oh, you make more than $100,000 a year. Like, because I think the average household income in the US right now is like 52 or $53,000. And that's for a family of four, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it's, that's not the rich people are talking about. People are talking about the elites of the world. And it is on such gaudy display in the 40k universe where it's because it's like, and especially in the books that we read, you are either up here we're down here and you're starving and don't know where your next meal is coming from or you're up here puking so that you can eat more food mm-hmm. like it's 
it gets on, on some hands it's very comically exaggerated but then every now and then you look around at like some headlines and you're like is it though i know like especially when you and i were listening to the podcast about peter nygaard that difference and because he was in the bahamas difference between the average bahamian person bahamian family and then how he lived there was like no in between no in between no and i think when it and unfortunately to your earlier point like when you're faced with that like on one hand the gene stealers are so distasteful and you are literally going to be eaten yeah. which i think i've already gone on record is saying is my least favorite death in the warhammer 40k universe not gonna but, lie but that's actually been like a big fear of mine since i was like three years old it's being eaten alive of all things that's been like one of my like crazy like irrational fears really funny yeah mine's being buried alive so maybe. i used to have dreams where i'd wake up screaming as like a three or four year old i distinctly remember this because i was being eaten Odd. yeah fun yeah we all have our things that's mine so yeah so Fair. so with this like the whole that's part of one reason why i hate the tyranids so much is because that whole thing just scares the crap out of me that's fair but you understand like if you're living in squalor like these people are living horrible short lives what and what's worse they don't even <laughs> right like pick your poison yeah 100 percent. pick your poison i kept going back to this as like okay so if you live on a hive world like let's say you live in uh necromunda right you have the elites up here who do not give a crap about you if you're in the lower hive but every now and then they might dress it up and be like we just care so much and you guys are so awesome thank you keep keep rocking right like is it better to have that veneer of we acknowledge your sacrifice and thanks or the mechanicus of you know you're you're one of the 110 people we assumed would die so like is it i don't know i don't, know if it's I don't have an answer better. for that i don't either and i go back and forth on it because i'm like yeah you know what at least at least lie to me lie to me and pretend you care but then on the other hand i'm like hell at least they're honest at the same time though like on this world the haves and have nots are divided between mechanicus and human so it's like almost even like doubly unfair because it's not like they can even rise to the ranks and make any money and, and live because everything they get is a handout from the mechanicus right and again not particularly kind overlords i would never want the mechanicus as an overlord uh no and, and I like the Mechanicus. I really do like the Mechanicus. I find them a fascinating faction. And yet, I don't want to be friends with them. It was kind of like when we were at Lords of Silence. I loved Vorks. I loved his group. But I love them in another galaxy. Far, far away. Far. And so let's talk about Triskelin a little bit here. Did, <clears throat> did you like his ideas? Did you want to subscribe to his newsletter? You know, I felt bad for him. I, I, I really, really did. Because here's a guy who was just like trying to do his research. And because, you know, that he was like, you know, honestly, uh, from everything I've been kind of learning about, you know, different scientists and stuff, the thing I noticed when I was in the medical malpractice field is that it's like Triskelion is this, you know, uh, neurobiologist who is learning everything he can about the human brain and he's trying to present his ideas to the to the greater but he has to go through this theoretical physicist the theoretical physicist all they look at they i mean they, seriously the, theoretical physicists do not have real jobs they are like at a university just doing math and trying to think about how they can get their next grant but that's like how he's trying to get like his real research through and the theoretical physicist is just like oh no like that's icky you know whereas you know mine's like it's perfect because it's this math and it's to the on the side yours is just gross so i felt really well there was an extra layer on there too it wasn't just ew there was also a no no no, no. this is the way we've always done it we don't do new things here in the imperium and it's interesting because that's always been a meta criticism of the imperium in general I thought right? that was so why... i was thought that it was actually so um 
hypocritical because the mechanicists are constantly taking other technology to see what they can do with it. So don't tell me that we don't well, see new stuff. Some of them stuff. are. Some of them are. Because like you remember, that's one of the reasons that Belisarius Call is so disliked, let's say, in certain circles. Well, so- no, but that's not, but like Robbie Bobby, like he talked about in the very first Dark Imperium book, how he pissed off half the Mechanicus because they were trying to take apart these Xeno ships. And he was like, what are you doing? Right. So like, okay. So my degree, I actually, my degree is actually in linguistics. And when I was like getting up higher through it, right. Once you get into the higher level courses, you learn that linguistics is basically divided into two camps. There is the camp that English as it was spoken in the early 1900s is perfect and should not change, right? You do not split infinitives. You do not end on a preposition. It is perfect and you will match that. And then there's the theory and and at college, I was much more in this camp. And as the older I get, I'm starting to veer over into this camp of it is a living, breathing thing. Mm -hmm. Shakespearean English is modern English, right? Because you can understand it, but we don't talk like that, right? If you go back and you read books from like the late 1800s, early 1900s, we don't talk like that anymore because it is a living, breathing thing. No, and what people forget or they don't know about Shakespeare is that the reason why his plays have lived on for so long, besides the fact that, you know, I would say probably about 80 to 85% of them are masterpieces and they're really well worth studying, is that he was the very first playwright to write in the vernacular because that's not how things were written they were still reading like the middle english the canterbury tales style and they were still doing the plays like that he was the first one to actually be like no this is for the people so it needs to be spoken to the people so that the commoners could come in and enjoy it so it's like whenever i would hear you know gosh i remember what time i got my teeth cleaned like so long ago and i was so funny because like so jen's a linguistics major and i was an english literature major and I was telling my hygienist, you know, I was always a literature major. And she was like, really? Like, like, what are you studying? And I was kind of telling her about thing was British lit. And she's like, you know, I tried reading Shakespeare. And like, that's not even English. Like, how do you understand it? And I was like, I was actually written well, for the common people, you know, just like trying to not like to explode. But, by today's standards. But, 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 but that, to me, that's a study. And that's a proof of that it is a living constantly evolving language we don't always like it do i like the fact that we're constantly truncating words and i see ourselves going closer and closer to 1984 hell no but true and there are some things like i will never accept salmon as a pronunciation but i i have i have slowly slowly come to accept enormity the definition of enormity being something that is huge very slowly and I'm still kind of fighting when people use that I'm like um but you've made me so self-conscious about that word I just don't even use it anymore (laughs) you can all thank the New York Times or was it WAPO I think it was actually WAPO that did it anyways um the point being though is that I feel like the mechanic is this very much similar to academia there's two camps There's the camp of "Mm, we need to be finding like we need to be growing. We have stagnated. We need to grow and learn more things than these Necrons. We need their technology. We need all of this stuff. And then there's the this is the way things are done. This is pure. This is what the Omnissiah laid out for us. And this goes back to my earlier thing about the central conceit about some of the circular fallacies that are built upon this world. Right. And that is. When I looked at some of Triskelion's stuff, right, when he's talking about the Adeptus Astartes, he's like, look, this team of people had to work on this and this team. And that's kind of true. But as we know from the Belisarius Call book, these people were mostly sicked out on jobs that the Emperor knew he needed to get done, but he did need help. Right. So but it was all part of his central vision. It wasn't like a bunch of academics in a room. Hmm. Hear me out here what if right like it wasn't that but he keeps looking at it and part of me when he was just like oh when they built the adeptus astartes we could make the next step forward i was like who do you think you are now the emperor was the ideas guy and he knew it was possible but he's like you guys figure out a way to make it happen i know it can because i've thought it so therefore it can just figure it out how to 
And I know that I need you to do this, Anna Astarte. I know I that I need you. I totally forgot the guy Belisarius calls the dude who tried to take over call. Anyways, like he knew that he needed these people, right? And I just, again, though, it's fascinating to me that he's like, I want to be that next step forward. And maybe his stuff goes up in flames. But on one hand, I was like, who do you think you are? But then on the other hand, when he finds out that his stuff wasn't being sent off world because, ew, it's gross. And it's new. And we don't like new here. I was like, hmm. This is why y'all suck. I just like the idea that there's two schools. And they oh, well, do yeah. not play well with others. I, I felt bad for him because who knows what he could have come up with. If that was even anything that could have, like, I don't know, helped people live longer as we're torturing the death in these factories. Maybe make their lives a little better. That they're not going to suffer as much. It's a crazy thought. Right. So, we're, I know we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but were you surprised... Tchaikovsky basically does the same magic trick that Guy Haley did in um, The Great Work, actually. But the reveal of the Skatari. Were you surprised by it? Like, what? That, like what, what reveal? oh yeah, these are gene stealers. These people have some of the taint in them. Oh, No. No, I was surprised that they were able to overwrite it. Because, I mean, it made sense. I mean, you're taking them from these people it totally makes sense that there'd be something but um but also wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it was completely overridden in code like he said they didn't realize it until he was speaking to uh davian now the question is all the other skitari that are out there in the world has that awoken them all at the same time because that would be interesting well the question is how many skitari have the, has this world produced and how many worlds are they on? Because, like, you're right. What if, like, a gene stealer shows up or the Mechanicus drops down on a planet that has the gene stealers on it and all of a sudden four of, like, ten Skatari are like, I also hear the voices again. I mean, it's true. But I have a feeling, though, that those Skatari, unless there already is a gene stealer infestation, they're not going to get very far. Probably not. No. This one had the benefit of the element of surprise. Right. When he starts like, oh, I, I did hear the voices. And, wait, I'm sorry. What? Did you like it? Did you like seeing that done again? I really didn't think of it that that oh, way. All right. You know, because I think like the... I guess probably because it wasn't that surprising. Now, the Adeptus, the Adeptus Astartes, jeez. That's surprising because they're supposed to be able to withstand all that, which just kind of makes you like, oh, my God, how long were these chain stealers here? Because that would mean that's not that they infected them when they were Adeptus Astartes, but they infected them when they were very, very Children. young before, before they came to this point. But the difference is that with the Astartes, with the, you know, kind of rewriting of their brains, like in the Astartes, they were under enough control to understand what was going on. And by golly, we may not be able to kill them because of the way the way that, that this works but we're gonna find a way to kill them and uh so this doesn't get off get off world uh i don't know i really didn't think of it that way so it wasn't like to me like some big shock or surprise it's like huh makes sense moving on i think to me oh man this is a very 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 fine line that the authors of Warhammer 40k are now hoeing when Gihaly did it right oh oh crap and we even talked about that like how yeah. this is very interesting this is very intriguing it makes a lot of sense but there's a little bit of a danger there right seeing it in this book again I was like okay I'm still good with it but it is now officially like up to that line and about to dangle a toe over. I don't want kind of 
So I know one of my continual complaints about the Alpha Legion has been that they've just gone so comically overboard. Like there's that short story where that Inquisitor gets revealed to actually be an Alpha Legionnaire. And it's like, what? Like people just constantly normal people are like, oh, just kidding. I'm an Alpha Legionnaire. I'm um, blowing my cover. I'm, God. I know. So, sorry. Hmm. I didn't mean to. Um, but, you know, it just, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, now they're overpowered and they're overplayed. I worry that the gene stealers will be that way too, where eventually it's going to be like, um, one of my favorite memes is the, for Warhammer 40k, is the one with uh, the scene from Aladdin. He's got a sword, you idiot. We all have swords. Like, with the, uh, he's an alpha legionnaire, you idiot. We're all alpharious. Like, that's actually probably I, one of my favorite worry. ones. <laughs> It's, it's one of my all-time favorites because it's such a good one. But, like, part of me worries that eventually that's going to be like that, too, right? Like, they're gene stealers. You idiots. We're all gene stealers. Oh, man. Like, it, it's a very dangerous line. What that says to me is that any time if, like, anyone starts to figure out, like, take note with this and be like, wait a second. So this is actually possible. You just can't kill the patriarch anymore. You're just going to have to exterminate us the planet. I mean, that's just. Yes, because, yeah, there was no patriarch. But I did. That like we know how, of. That we know of. Right. Usually the patriarch gets seen, but. We had to make us. That's because usually. They all get killed at the end of the book. Yeah, Which I mean, all they talked here. about was the great aunts and great uncles in the Magus. They didn't mention a patriarch. Mm -mm. And although you know what, no, those I things wouldn't can be stay dormant. I wouldn't be surprised if Doctor Teasling actually was a patriarch. Well, because the patriarch is a true tyrannid, right? I thought it was like no, I I didn't think it was. Oh, it is. Oh, the okay. patriarch. They always describe the patriarch as being like an actual nid. Because remember, again, in that one book, when they kill hmm, the so patriarch, like the she's just like, what the? And in, um, and in, I cannot remember what the patriarch. Oh, my God. Somebody think of the actual name of the type of tyranny it is. But it, um, in, uh, the great work, too, when they come across it, remember, they talk about it unfolding its many arms and just looking at him like, what are you going to do to me? Yeah, but I, didn't, I guess I just didn't come to a conclusion it was a Tyranid. I thought it was just a type of gene stealer, to be totally honest. Um, at least I am... God damn it, now you have me questioning myself. But I'm pretty sure that they, they are the, an actual Tyranid. Isn't that what the Lictor becomes as the Patriarch? Or am I totally off? Maybe? I Yeah, now I'm going to like have to go and look one up after this. But, so... That's okay. Skywatcher there... Adept will, like, school me here on Tyranid literature, which I will be like, which I'll be like, cool, and then promptly forget because it's Tyranid <laughs> stuff. Until the next time we talk and then we're like, Skywatcher, help us. Um, One of these days is going to be like, look, you just need to look stuff up yourself. <laughs> oh. he, someday when we are super legit, he's going to be our official research guy. Um, He's going to be our savant. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start calling him Oracle. Anyways. Um, so the, but yeah, like they didn't mention having it. And he did say, right. He was like, you guys are just the leftovers of some ancient invasion. Mm. And we saw It's possible that the patriarch is gone. We've seen that in all, well, because the Magus, I mean, the Patriarch is what kind of keeps the whole psychic brood mind going, right? The Magus is just the mouthpiece of it. So it kind of is implied there has to be one. But we've seen this in so many books where, like, a Patriarch got dropped somewhere. And they got missed. They're able to hide. They're like ticks. They dig in. And Well, you know what? But Davian also talks about, like, you know, the deep underhive where all the great aunts and great uncles and great great aunts and great great uncles were hiding. The patriarch's probably down there somewhere. Probably, yes, which means, yeah. Well, Is the patriarch really going to come out until I make sure that everything's done? Like, probably now, because the Tyranids were landing, the patriarch's now coming out and being like, here we go. 
And they see the patriarch and they're going to be like, oh, look, it's the many-handed emperor. In a way. I mean, yes. But actually, yes. no. But also, no. <laughs> um, what are the implications of the ending? And where does Davian go from here? She gets off world. I mean, she does get off world. With some of her Gene Steelers Katari. With Gene, Star Gene Starry? I mean, with Dr. Teasling, which just brings up like whole other possibilities. It does, I, you know, honestly depends on, on where they go. So they got some Gene Steelers Katari. I mean, but without a, but without a patriarch, it's not going to get very far. You need that because you have to have that lictor there to start it. I wonder it. if one calls them. Like, I wonder if that's how they figure out. Because remember when he's, there was a really interesting conversation when Triskelin is like, hey, how do you know? what to do and he's like well it just speaks to me and again because it's all the psychic stuff right like when davian when she's in that square after they've freed the assassin all of a sudden she's like i know what to say i know how to motivate these people and then as soon as all the people disperse she's kind of like oh that's gone now like i wonder if they're just going to hear a call like all of a sudden they're going to be like that planet over there that's the one we need to go to you know, I don't, I don't know how bugs work. I'm not an entomologist. Pick up the pheromone. Like, you know how bees dance? I mean, wasn't that like what Mimic was about? The giant patriarch down on the bottom? Pretty much. And that's really how I envisioned this whole thing. I, it's just like the movie Mimic. Even the bad acting at all. The number of classic movies... You have not seen, and even just like not classic movies that you haven't seen, but you've seen Mimic. I saw that one in the theater. What the heck? It was college. We were bored. I saw a lot of bad movies and in yet, the theater. And yet, there's so many movies from that same time period that you're like, no, I've never seen it. But you've seen I was Mimic. dragged to see Night at the Roxbury, for God's sake, in the theater. And I had never seen Saturday Night Live. So most of that was very lost on me. It was never one of their strongest skits. Um, I, I want you to know that haunts me. <laughs> Every now and then I'll be sitting around and I'm like, Carrie's seen Mimic. Hasn't seen Event Horizon, but she's seen Mimic. I've seen The Haunting too, if you want to go through other bad movies I saw in college. That wasn't even it. Good. That wasn't even like a good bad one. That was just bad. No, it wasn't but, like no, the, but no, but the I house on haunted hill is that the one where they go into the mental asylum? No, but but the haunting. I actually got wonderful scene like early on before like, any bad stuff happens, like when the flu fell down and scared uh, Owen Wilson. I actually got the full. Somebody in the theater stood up and went, "Oh hell no!" and left right there best movie <laughs> that is actually really funny hold on now i have to look this up because this is gonna drive me crazy it had jeffrey rush in it because there were like three different movies that came out at that same time all based on shirley jackson's the haunting of hill house and it was house on haunted hill i don't think i saw that one i saw the haunting which had liam it had like everybody it had owen wilson had everybody and liam neeson and Catherine zeta jones and the chick from ransom well and so this one had so that movie had half of everybody the haunting on hill house had the other half of everybody it had jeffrey rush who by the way was like a big name star at the time yes fam k jensen tay diggs peter gallagher chris Catan. Mm. oh yeah the list goes chris on it even, lisa, it even had lisa loeb in it yes chris Catan tried to make this a very awkward shift to being like a serious actor for a little bit there for a hot minute it didn't work because he had so thoroughly torched himself with saturday night live right he was a renowned problem no so uh, i saw the haunting but not house on haunted what? hill what house on haunted hill was at least kind of funny bad like and it had a very effective horror scene in it um 
Anyways, not the conversation. This one had a flue with a lion on it that actually when it was flying down, its mouth opened, which right there, you know, it's serious and cut and like knocked off Owen Wilson's head. I don't know what else you need. I laughed very well, hard and, also, and I was very it alone. It also had, I can never remember her name, but I really, really like her. It had um, Lily Taylor. The chick from uh, Ransom. Maybe. The one that Gary Sinise, she was one of the kidnappers. Oh, she might have been. I'm trying to think of that one. Anyways, doesn't matter. But the... Um, this has been going down the movies... Uh, trail when Carrie was in college. Thank you for coming to this talk. For sure, because Catherine Zeta-Jones she was in Ransom, wasn't she? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Or was she just an entrapment? She was just an entrapment. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Yes, to your earlier point, it is kind of like Mimic. And maybe that's like, maybe they're just dormant and then all of a sudden someone shows up and they're like, you, let us take over the planet. And you know, a hundred years later, they do. Are you feeling oppressed? <laughs> <laughs> they just look, they're like, where are people unhappy? Well, that doesn't narrow the list down at all. Uh, where are people like super unhappy? Aha. They're going to probably have to find a forge world though, since they're traveling with like an entire army of Skitari. Which, I don't know boy, is that going to be a fun surprise? I don't know where else Skitari go. I only see them like Can on you imagine? forge worlds gonna be like 60 years from now and like the first little like test that the astropath acquires gonna come out and uh everyone's gonna be like send the skatari oh oh damn gonna be a bit of a disappointment for him and i i kind of was happy for davian at the end if that's weird because like she got off planet and i was like ah even though she was all sad because she's like I'm going to be devoured by the angels. I want to greet the angels. I'm like, well, okay. The funny, okay, honey. The funny thing about Your it is girl that, boss vibes. Is that, you know, they're saying that she had to go forth because she doesn't look like one of them. Someone's like, well, it makes me wonder, like, is she, is she though? Like, is there some. She is. No, I mean, like, she's like resistant somehow. She's not, you know, transforming. Well, if you recall, one of the things of the gene stealers is their eventual goal is to just look like you and me. No, their the third arm goal, doesn't really do much. Not everybody gets the third arm, though. Because, I mean, again, going back to Belisarius' call, the great work, all of those space marines. That's true. None of them had the third arm. Like, not everybody. They need to have some of their warriors, like their assassins that have three arms, so they can have a three-armed gunman, which is still the funniest concept I know of. They took the one-armed man's extra arm to make the three-armed man. There you go. Dated references. Technically a reference from the 60s. I saw that movie, Uh, too. Doing this I like the fugitive. Everybody likes the fugitive. Um, like Tommy Lee but, Jones delivers the best I don't care line ever. I don't care. <laughs> Actually, yes. Him sitting in that, like, what is it? It's like a drainage pipe. Yeah, drainage pipe. With the water. Yeah. yeah. And him just being like, not my problem. Like, I don't care. I'm just here to bring prisoners in. Like, <laughs> All I do. <laughs> Tell it to somebody else. And the one-armed man. Not nearly as compelling as the three-armed man. Let's be real. Um, Might be easier but... to find. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Like I do. I do love when they like reveal when they're just like, oh, like this person wears all this baggy clothing because they've got a third. And they're hiding. Well, you know, it's like um, in a, a Caiaphas cane. It's like, of course, the governor is the <laughs> lead gene stealer. Okay, I want you to know that every time we read gene stealer books, part of me low key is like. How would Caiaphas Kane react to this situation? Oh, by uh, dive rolling behind a couch. For sure. <laughs> to check for fortifications. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's like, exactly if you guys that. ever... So I'm going to reference another movie. Jen's going to be like, why'd you see that? So have you ever seen a White House down with Tatum Channing, you know, doing the dive rolls behind a couch? That's oh, why you've seen that. Because you want to climb all over Tatum, Tatum, Tatum no, Channing. No, you know why I wanted to see that? 
I wanted to see it because I wanted to see explosions at the White House and I got my wish. I got to see them in a limo doing donuts with a grenade launcher at the White House. I got exactly what I wanted. Tatum Channing Channing Tatum doing the slow roll, yeah. the slow dive rolls behind the couch was just a perk. But that's what I imagine Caiaphas Kane doing. Pretty much. Actually, in some ways, you probably could cast Channing Tatum as like young Caiaphas Kane. I, you know what? Even I'd, though he's not as young as you think he is, I'd watch it. Oh, I would too. 100%. Like, Channing Tatum would be a good Caiaphas Kane because he's goofy he like that too. Be. It'd be amazing. But can be very serious. Yes. Um, he was very serious me, in G.I. Joe. Come on. He's my age and that kind of kills me. Cause I'm just going to keep really, on referencing really, really bad good. movies that I've seen just to watch Jen's head explode. I, I don't know how to process any of this information. The good news is, is that our next book is reading about the crew from Predator. Oh, I'm Rambo. Catachan Devil. I mean, um, these guys look like Rambo like, Rambo extras. I'm sorry. Rambo 2, not Rambo 1. Rambo I never, 2. I've never seen Rambo. <laughs> now she's going to throw shit. <laughs> I can't work in these conditions. You know what? I've never seen Rocky either. Any of them. What the hell? <laughs> okay. So really quickly, just so that we understand our references that we're making here, Rambo, the first movie, for people who haven't seen it, is actually an anti-war piece. And it's actually very serious. I know that everybody's like, oh, Rambo. It's the, ver the first movie is actually very, very good. And it has Brian Dennehy as a bad guy. What else are you going to do with your life? Oh, damn. Rambo, Rambo 2 is when you start to get into like the Rambo. And Rambo 2 is actually pretty good, too. But there's only two Rambo movies. Anyways, um, do not at me. Uh, Sounds like so these Rocky. guys are like a combination. Like... Rocky is good, and the new one with um, no, I'm talking about like the original, the original. Right, right, right. There's only one. Oh, I thought Rocky Two was good. People, oh, my husband loves Rocky Four. Uh, well, I was trying to argue the other day that Superman, like in Christopher Reeve's Superman, there's only two. And uh, the second one's the best one. Yeah, come son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. And I was told, but Richard Pryor's amazing in the third one. I was like, did you watch it? We don't talk about that one. Anyways, Rambo 2 crossed with the crew from Predator, the first mm. movie, uh, for Catachan Devil. I'm actually really excited about this one. I love the Catachan. I know nothing about the Catachan. So when I got this book, I was texting Jen go, why do they look like they're extras from Rambo? I mean, we have this guy with a mohawk with a red bandana and wearing a camo like wife beater like shirt. And she's like, oh, you don't know about the Catachan? So then she promptly teaches me about the Catachan the way that I learned everything about Warhammer 40k. And memes. Of course. So I can't wait. This is gonna be fun. It's going to be fun because the Catachan, similar, actually similar to like all of the guys that come from Death Worlds, right? So similar to um, the the Death Core, similar to the Valhallans, they go so over the top. It goes round the horn to just being awesome and fun, right? Like, it's just so comically. And this is Catachan versus Orcs. So I'm going to be honest and say, I don't know who's going to be having a better time in this book. The Catachan don't got time to bleed, and the orcs are just so thrilled for it. All right, sounds like it could be a crumpin' of a lifetime. Oh my god, I'm so excited, you guys. And the Astro Militarum, it's good, and especially since I know that our next book is going to be filled with political intrigue. I kind of just want to... Well... Bang, bang, shoot them up. Well, I'm just glad the that they're actually, actually making the Astro Militarum series, because I saw this is actually listed as number two. So that means that yes. uh, Steel Tread was number one, which was fantastic as well. I loved Steel Tread. I liked Volpone Glory. I liked Krieg. This is great. Like, I'm down for this. We haven't read, like, a Space Marine novel in a while. True, actually. Um... Well, that's good, though, because, like, when you look at the up-and-coming books, there's going to be another Dawn of War book. There's going to be um, a Sigismund book. 
And there's another Space Marine book coming out. Oh, Huron Blackheart is coming out. Like, we're going to get an overload of Space Marines. So I'm, it's really nice to actually I'm not read. complaining. I'm just surprised. No, no, I know. I was just thinking about that because I'm like, wait a minute. How is that even possible? That's how that's possible. Um, You know what? You are right. Our last, the last Space Marine book we read was in December. And oh. it was the last Donna Fire book, Wolf Time. Because we did Steel Tread, Volpone Glory, Twice Dead King, Bookkeeper Skull, Krieg, and Day of Ascension. I couldn't remember if it was the Wolf Time or um, the Hellwitcher Hell Gate. Gate. Yeah, which came right before that because we read Dagabo's Revenge. Right. Kind of fun. Yeah, um, nice. It's good though. I, yeah. I feel like everybody always one of the big complaints is it's like Space Marines, Space Marines, Space Marines. There you go. Just dudes shooting stuff which i don't mind when the books are this good killer mushrooms killer mushrooms <laughs> hey um i i made mushroom risotto for dinner tonight and when i was cooking it my husband walks in and he's like mm, smells like orcs i don't know if that makes this meal better or worse but it'd be orcs or gretchen because it's the fungus right i don't know i don't know be honest Want to take us out, Carrie? Dude, like, it's not botany when it's fungus, is it? Or is fungus part of botany? I have to know what this before I can. Before mycology. I can do... Huh? Mycology. Mycology. Is the study okay. of fungi. Okay. So I'm not a mycologist. I don't know about orcs. So there we go. See, now I knew. Now I learned something a new. Zeno mycologist? Ooh, that could be a fun, like, new... I'm a, I'm a xenomycologist. <laughs> I might have to change our little banner down at the bottom here to have xenomycologist on it, because it just sounds awesome. And it sounds legit. It. I mean, who's going to disagree with you? Exactly. Fight me. Prove that I don't have it. You have your own get a PhD, PhD in, in happiness. Own... <laughs> I can have a PhD in xenomycology. There's a PhD in happiness. Aren't you the one who told me this? I don't know. Or was that just a master's degree? What? You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to... This is going to depress me and I've had fun tonight. So I'm just going to bring up the outro and then freaking move on from this happiness. Anyway. <laughs> we talk about things that are not happy. Like Warhammer 40k. <laughs> they Preferable to be eaten by giant bugs they wouldn't get a master's degree or phd in happiness if the diploma slapped them in the face they would not understand this all right not even the rich would understand it because they're bored anyway you've listened you got me there you're right so you've listened to the warhammer 40k book club regarding day of ascension by adrian tchaikovsky please be sure to join us next time for Catachan Devil by Justin Woolley. Like two new authors in a row. Kind of fun. We are an unofficial book club and not, affili not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those good things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay well and read from a crag. And even though on the Horus Heresy quiz it says that I'm White Scars, I'm actually Alpharius and I've infiltrated. I want everyone to know that on the Horus Heresy quiz I got the Night Lords and it was both a really exciting and really disturbing moment for me. <laughs> I had to question every decision I made because I just chose the ones that seemed logical. I actually accused her of, um, like, you know, answering the questions to get that. Got old, and my husband was sitting right there, and I was just like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> like he got the salamanders. Too cavalier, it's like not only do I question you, I question why I'm friends with you, because you're gonna turn me into a flesh cloak. You loved me, and it would be my favorite flesh cloak. Yeah, I can't handle anything else. Good night, Good night everybody. <laughs>
episode of the Warhammer 40k book club is hosted by Jen Bozier and me. Recording and editing of both the vidcast and podcast were done by me. The book club questions and discussion format were done by Jen, and all of our music is by Jingle Punks. The Warhammer 40k book club is a Warhammer LLC production. This is a Voxcast that even he, Cato Sicarius, would approve.